Hello and welcome to LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Nurse Assessment Coordination, ANAC. I'm your host, Rebecca, and today I'm here with Jesse McGill, ANAC Curriculum Development Specialist, to discuss the recent updates to the MDS item set for 2020. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. We're always glad to have you, Jesse. Jesse, I understand there's some confusion regarding the MDS item sets that will be used this October after an announcement of a delay and then an errata document. Could you shed some light on this topic? Absolutely, and yes, it is confusing. There have been so many updates, announcements, waivers, and other documents released from CMS since mid-March that some of the items may have been overlooked or just not fully processed at the moment. When it comes to the MDS item set, we are currently using version 1.17.1. Each year, there are MDS updates which go into effect for the next fiscal year. So we had planned on updating to the version 1.18.1 for fiscal year 2021, which would have started October 1st, 2020. However, on March 19th, CMS announced that we were delaying the release of the version 1.18.1. Now, on this version that is now delayed, there were two new Transform Health Information SNF QRP measures, and there were many new SPADE items or data element items. In fact, there were going to be 59.5 changes or updates to the REI in October 1, 2020. Now, with this delay, all of those changes were also delayed. And in early May, the interim final rule, CMS provided an update that the SNF QRP data for the transfer of health information and those new spade items would now not begin to collect data until October 1st of the year, which is at least two full fiscal years after the end of the COVID-19 public health emergency. Now, at this time, the public health emergency is still ongoing, and we have to wait for CMS to officially announce the end of this public health emergency, and then we'll know when that delay will actually happen in those two full fiscal years. So we know there's a very big delay for those items that were scheduled to be released on the 1.181 item set. Now, in addition, CMS also noted on the MDS technical information page that this delay is also due to stakeholder concern regarding the removal of Section G, Activities of Daily Living, or your ADLs, which are used in many of the state Medicaid payment models. I can see how that can get confusing. Jesse, you said that CMS is delaying the new MDS 3.0 version 1.18.1 item set but I understand that CMS also recently released an updated item set that will go into effect this October. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so in mid-May, CMS announced an update to the current MDS item set and announced that this will go into effect October 1st, 2020, so this October. Now, currently, we use version 1.17.1, and this October will update to version 1.17.2. CMS announced that this update is in response to the stakeholder request to allow for calculation of the PDPM HIPS code on OBRA comprehensive and quarterly assessments when these assessments are not combined with the five-day PPS assessment. 
CMS clarified that this update will allow state Medicaid agencies to collect and compare their current RUGS-based payment codes to PDPM codes, which will be used to make informed decisions regarding future payment models for the state. Interesting. Jesse, do you see a connection between the delay of the version 1.18.1 and the announcement of the version 1.17.2 coming this fall? I do. Now, if we rewind back to earlier this year, when CMS posted the draft item set of version 1.18.1, this was before all the COVID public health emergency had even started to emerge. They had also announced that with the version 18.1, Section G would no longer be captured on the MDS. And there was a ton of provider concern that the state Medicaid payment models would not be ready for this change. Now, Section G is used in, in all the historic RUGS-based payment models, which are used from Medicaid payment model in the case mixed states. And most notably, the Medicaid agencies had not had time to prepare for a change to a new payment model. They had not had time to compare data and make an informed decision. So on the MDS, and it's been on the MDS for quite some time, we have item Z0250B. And this allows state to capture a second payment group. And this is used for evaluation. So it's an alternative payment model, HIPS code, and allows the states to evaluate the fiscal impact that a new payment model will have. So it's able to compare current rates to potential or alternative payment model for the same residents during the same time period. So it's used to make informed decisions. And since PDPM can only be captured currently on your five-day or your interim payment assessment, the states were not able to capture this information on their Medicaid residents, so they had no comparable data to make an informed decision. So in early March, all attention transitioned to COVID-19. Not just the attention and resources of the SNP providers, but also the attention and resources from CMS. No time was spent preparing vendors or providers for the removal of Section G, and CMS canceled their trainings for the transfer of health information, SNF QRP, and those added spade items. So there was a lot of stuff going on and a lot of training and resources and focus that would have had to been in place to make this transition to the 1.18.1 MDS version. And with the emergence of COVID, with all resources being taken away from that preparation, it really was the best thing to do to delay that release and focus on what we need to do for the providers today. And that's what CMS did. They made key decisions to help provide relief to providers. And they did this in many ways with the waivers we have in place, as well as excluding the quarter one and quarter two SNF QRP data and SNF value-based purchasing data. And of course, delaying the implementation of the version 1.18.1 item set, since the providers did not have time and the same Medicaid agencies did not have time for those big changes. It sounds like this delay will be very beneficial to Medicaid providers and allow them time to make important updates to their payment models and prepare for the future retirement of Section G. Before we get into the next question, though, let's take a quick commercial break. Are you currently an experienced RACCT professional looking to take your reimbursement expertise to the next level? Then the RACCTA Advanced Certification may be just the program for you. 
Learn more by visiting www.anac.org forward slash education forward slash RAC dash CTA. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Jesse McGill about the updates to the MDS item set. Jesse, now that we understand why we had these changes, can you tell us more about the changes we will see on October 1, 2020? Yes, and actually, most of the changes are very digestible. CMS simply added key items that are required for the calculation of the patient-driven payment model, or PDPM HIPS code, to the OBRA comprehensive and quarterly assessments. So starting this October, providers will also collect data for the 10 section GG items that are used to calculate the PT and OT and nursing function scores, Item I-20B, which identifies the primary reason for the uh, SNF stay, and J-2100 to identify prior surgery requiring SNF active care. Now, again, these items are going to be required only if required by the state for collecting that information to inform future payment model changes. Those updates sound very straightforward, but I'm sensing that you have more to tell us. Oh, you know me well, Rebecca. So these items, although we're used to these items, we already code these items on our PPS assessments, they will have different coding instructions depending on whether we're coding them on an OBRA assessment or on a PPS assessment. Or again, of course, if the OBRA assessment is combined with a PPS assessment. So if it's a standalone Medicare assessment, PPS assessment, or an OBRA assessment that is combined with a five-day then we're going to code how we do today. We're gonna to code based on the PPS rules. So section GG performance period is still the first three days of the Medicare stay. I020B would be the primary reason for that skilled Medicare stay. And J2100 would be a surgery which occurred during that preceding hospital stay. Now currently, we only have the instructions from the MDS item set. We're still waiting on the full instructions from an updated REI user's manual. And what we have right now, the updated MDS item set instructions tell us that on an OBRA assessment, when it is not combined with a five-day, section GG, if required by the state, will collect performance data for the ARD of that OBRA assessment plus the two previous calendar days, and that's your three-day window for the usual performance, the day of the ARD and the two previous calendar days. And this would be coded in column one under admission performance. If we look at item I-20B, the instructions for this item are currently to complete it only on a five-day or an IPA, and on this update for this fall, it's going to add that it's also going to be coded on an OBRA if the state requires it. However, we do not have any of the needed guidance to understand how this item will be applied to our long-term care residents. The instructions in the REI user's manual are currently to indicate the resident's primary medical category that best describes the primary reason for the Medicare Part A state. However, if we're completing this on a OBRA quarterly on a long-term care resident who may have never had a Medicare stay or has not had one recently, this coding instruction does not apply. So we're going to need more information on how to apply I-20B to long-term care residents who are not on a skilled stay. This same concept applies to J2100, that surgery during that prior hospital stay, 
And with J2100, we'll have the follow-up surgery category, J2300 through J5000. And the surgery we code there must also have a direct relationship with the primary reason for the admission at I-20B. So these items are interrelated and they're very much focused on a skilled Medicare stay. And so we're really awaiting that instruction on how these items will be applied to our long-term care residents. Jesse, do you expect any clarifications in the updated REI user's manual this fall? That is a great question, and we are really facing unprecedented times, so it's so hard to say what to expect. I honestly do not know if we're going to get a full REI user's manual or if we'll get an errata document with change tables and change pages or if direction will come from our state Medicaid agencies directly on who's going to require this information to be collected. So there absolutely must be additional clarification by October 1st, but we are just not sure how it, that information will be delivered to us. Thanks, Jesse. This has been very helpful. Any last bits of advice you would like to leave our listeners with? Yes, I would like our listeners to consider this as a heads up. We don't have all the information to take action just yet, but it gives us a heads up on what to expect this fall and lets us know that we need to be in excellent contact with our state Medicaid agencies for updates on what they will require on the MDS this fall. Currently, we have a couple MDS items that are also only required if the state requires them. So for example, if we look at physician orders and physician visits from Section O, these items have a note in the REI user's manual that states, if the state does not require completion of this item, use the standard information code, the dash. Again, at this point, we can only speculate if this is how we'll be instructed to code these items this fall. Again, more to come once we have further instruction. So as always, take a deep breath and focus on what you need to do now. And we will keep you up to date with the latest changes through our podcast and the LTC Leader newsletter. I appreciate all you do every day to keep our residents safe and cared for, especially during these difficult times. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse, And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today and for all you are doing to safely care for your residents. If this podcast was informative and helpful, don't hesitate to hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. For more resources and tools on MDS updates, please visit our website at www.aanac.org.